Bonjour and welcome to another episode of Street Focus, an ongoing exploration of urban photography. I'm your host, Valérie Jardin. Today is episode 37 and it's a new Q&A and street challenge segment. My guest co-host is photographer Levi Shand. You may remember him from Streets of the World Madrid special a few weeks ago. And he's also been very active as a moderator on the Street Focus Google Plus community. So that's been really great, great help. And together we will answer questions about lens adapters and metadata in Lightroom, what we think of the new Leica M monochrome camera, and whether or not bad weather affects our street photography. Then we will give the names of the winners of the last street challenge and announce the new one before giving our picks of the week. Hey, Levi, how have you been since the last time we talked? Really well, really well, thank you. Great, um, so re remind our listeners, you're in Madrid, right? I'm in Madrid, um, it's getting hot. Yes. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, just uh, shooting the lights out, you know, just uh, going out all the time. And it's been a it's been a film year for me. I've uh, I've shot uh, just roll after roll after roll and have almost not touched my uh, my digital camera this year. And I'm really liking it. Great. So what do you shoot? Well, right now I'm shooting a Contax RX. It's kind of a kind of a big camera with um, with a Zeiss. 28 millimeter Distagon 2.8. Um, really, really just tack sharp lens, and uh, the camera's very nice as well. Um, I've been using it to uh, kill my fear of uh, <laughs> approaching people, just showing the camera, you know, big and, and black and almost eclipsing my face and just walking up with it, held up, and, uh, you know, not surprising anyone. When when the when the shutter sound goes, you know. That's right. Yeah, that's a, that's a big step. And uh, so you're shooting less, I suppose, because now you have yes. film to process. So. Yeah, yeah, shooting less, but also trying not to to think about uh, spending money on rolls. You know? yeah. <laughs> just, just 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 shooting what I want. Yeah. And going going through as many as are necessary, and uh, I'm taking them in. I don't have much room here, so I've been taking them into a, a local a, a pro lab here in Madrid, and I've been having them. Uh, process it and I'm really really enjoying the results awesome well that's that's great well I guess I'm next because everybody's everybody's going to film and and same for me I, pro I won't be to that extent that you're doing it but I think for me it will be um you know something I'll do like on a weekly basis like okay today I'm just going out with with a roll of 36 exposure and just having fun and um and kind of making it a, a, a special project. And I think that uh, it adds a little spice to your to your photography and your photo walks too. Yeah, that's what it feels like. It feels like I'm, I'm making something, mm -hmm. you know, you know, where it, it kind of, it kind of hurts to hit delete when I see a, you know, a misfire on yeah. a digital camera, but to receive <laughs> the, the scans and then to see that I've, I've wasted a frame or made some mistake, I think that hurts a little worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I find that I'm really taking my time. Yeah. And, and thinking, and I think that's that's coming through in the, the products. Well, that's that's awesome. Great. Well, let's uh, let's go straight to the Q and A segment, and we have three questions today, and I will read the first one that came through our Google Plus community, and it's from Gary Lum. 
Tech Geek versus Artist question. I love my Sony A7S, and even though I have an adapter for Nikon lenses, I stick to my Sony 35 and 55 millimeter prime lens because of so few non-Sony lenses available. Oh, sorry, non, uh, so few non-Sony lenses transmit the lens metadata through to Lightroom. I like that in Lightroom, I can use all the lenses metadata to filter and analyze my photographs. How do I overcome my need to grade images as well as the data so I can exploit an amazing camera body? I love listening to Street Focus on the TWIP network. Thank you, Gary, for the question. Uh, wow, metadata and uh, non-Sony uh, lenses. Any thoughts on that, Levi? <laughs> I had to do some Googling, frankly. <laughs> Um, my instinct um, in that situation, because I also like to, to see the metadata, and when, um, for example, I get scans back, all I see is, you know, Nikon, cool scan, um, you know, and the product number. So I have to enter my own. Um, my instinct, you know, for, for this question would be to, to manually enter the, uh, the lens metadata. You know, for example, if he uses a Sony lens or a lens that does automatically transmit the data um, and then switches to uh, in, not incompatible but a, a lens that that doesn't send the data um, he could manually save metadata changes to, to to those files you know by going to grid by going to grid view um, in the library and selecting you know all of these files, and then entering the the relevant data, and then later, um, I guess by filter he means sort, like like sorting the pictures. Probably by, sounds know, like it. Yeah. Yeah, by by the lens. Hmm. Um, that's my that's my only instinct there. Um, okay. I'm not sure how else to go about it. Yeah. What do you think? Well, I don't ever look at my metadata, so. It wouldn't matter oh, to me. That, I, that's another good way to do it. I'm totally, uh, <laughs> I'm not a geek. And I, you know, either the picture worked or it didn't work. And um, and I shoot with my heart. So I, I never bother looking, first of all. Well, unless I really want to find out, okay, I thought this one worked and why didn't it work? I'm like, what did I do wrong? Yeah. But um, I'm getting less, I'm getting fewer and fewer of those frames that, did not work so but even when I was in the really learning stages and I think we're always learning anyway so I I never bothered to look at the metadata I figure I'll just I'll just do better next time and I'll follow my instinct and uh, like I never ever look at photographs online and read the metadata never because I'll never be in that same situation they were in or with the same light and or anything so I don't I don't see the point I like learning by making mistakes and uh and that's how i learned by but never by analyzing <laughs> images that's yeah, just not I, how i that's just not how i i do things i've seen it so many times um i do like to see it on on flickr on occasion um just to see to try to guess what the photographer was feeling and thinking at yeah. that moment you know what put them in f4 you know why were they there and not somewhere else or you know, like how is how is this this ISO even? How is there so little noise? You know, at this ISO, yeah. you know, how are they doing that? You know, that that kind of uh, puzzling out. Yeah. You know, but in but in terms of sorting uh, or or filtering my own work, uh, I'm right there with you. I I had to Google it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. Yeah, and I don't. Um, I, I'm not even sure. I 
I don't even think I have the share metadata on any of my pictures because I find, and it, I probably don't because a lot of people have asked me in the past, where's the metadata? I'm like, why do you really need it? I don't, I don't know. I just don't see the use because I feel like you, and people use that to learn, as you said. I just feel like you, you're better off just learning by 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 trial and error and uh, and using others metadata. But you get you raised a good point, you know, um, figuring out. Okay, yeah, and I've done that before. Actually, just looking, I was like, oh, what ISO was that? That it's so so noisy or not noisy or whatever. Um, I just don't spend much time. I just like looking at images. You know, if I look, if I open a book of photography. I would not yes. look at the metadata. I would look at the image and spend more time on the image. And I feel like the metadata is only a distraction uh, from from the image because either it worked or it didn't work. And uh, yeah, and you have a visceral sense of that. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So I I hope this answers the question, Gary. Uh, hopefully, you can enter that that information. And uh, and one more thing I wanted to add: I never change lenses, so. Uh, <laughs> I have my my number one camera, which has a fixed lens that I can't remove, and my backup camera has a 35, which I never remove because that's the only lens I have for it now. So um, I would never even have that uh, that that issue. So that's another thing. Just stick with those two prime lenses because if you're a street photographer, you really don't need anything else. <laughs> Gotta agree. I think my 28 is. Uh crusted on yeah <laughs> the contact yeah i'm using the the 35 on the xt1 which to me is a little too close i love the the 23 and uh that's to me that's the equivalent of a 35 and it's perfect focal length for street and uh and that's that's my favorite favorite lens i would not even if i could change lenses on the x100s i would never change lenses so um it's a good thing that it's stuck on there i i love it so but um well i we answered that question as best as we could so gary i hope uh, i hope this helped uh levi do you want to read question number two Sure thing. Um, this one comes from Bill Mellet, um, and the question is, what do you do on bad weather days when doing street photography? Oh, there is no bad weather days for street <laughs> photography. It's all good. Uh, what, what others would consider bad weather day, I guess, for photography would be rain or fog or, or the so-called bad light or maybe harsh sunlight you know a lot of uh, a lot of photographers don't like shooting in harsh sunlight which for street photography is all uh, added bonus so um i love rainy days i mean they're the 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 um, options are unlimited uh, when you're a street photographer. I mean, rainy days are wonderful. Not only people act differently, they're always in a, you know, they hurry more, they pull out those colorful umbrellas, you have reflections on the cobblestones. I mean, it's all good. It's all beautiful. Uh, fog is also amazing. Uh, harsh sunlight is uh, is great. You know, we have those strong shadows and, and we can make them um, play in our favor. So I don't consider... You know, the only time where the weather would be so bad would be, uh, well, up here in Minnesota when it's absolutely too cold to be outside more than a minute because it's too dangerous. And then there are fewer people on the streets. But then I'll hit the museums or the Skyway system and, and shoot 
there. So uh, that's really the extreme bad weather when my battery won't last more than a few minutes. <laughs> and I, and I yeah. really shouldn't be outside myself. So how about you, Levi? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't have an entry for bad weather <laughs> you no. know, in my in my street photographer's uh, dictionary. I, I see it as an opportunity. Yeah. I mean, what, what do I do? I get my umbrella and I go out, you know, when I know uh, there will be very few other photographers out, you yeah. know, in a world, world full of opportunities happening, you know, every moment, like you said, passions are a little bit, you know, raised, yeah. you know, people are a little bit more urgent with their, with their actions and people make mistakes and people, you know, uh, I don't know, they get kind of, there's kind of excitement, you know, when there's a, a nature running against you. True. And uh, I don't know, even, and then with fog the same way, I, if I see a foggy day, uh, I, We'll skip breakfast. Yes. You know, and, and just. Because it doesn't last very long, usually. So no. you have to be out there quickly. Absolutely. It's, an, it's a great opportunity. Um, so, what do we do? I, I go out. Yeah, <laughs> protect protect yourself, protect your gear. Um, I, I When I was shooting with DSLR, I, I used a, a, a rain cover for it. Now, with my uh, little camera, I just use an umbrella. And um, I think it. it You only need one hand to hold the camera anyways. So I think that works better and you tend to blend in better and you don't have to worry about, you know, rain gear for yourself and so forth. Especially in a city, I think you stand out a lot less with an umbrella than you would with, you know, all that rain gear on. That's a great point, actually, um, holding it with uh, one hand. One thing I do do on bad weather days is zone focus Yes, um, because I'm not using an autofocus lens. And so I'll set it to uh, just under two meters or a meter and a half or a little bit more. Um, and then with the one hand, left hand, hold the umbrella, right hand, hold the camera up so it's not getting splashed from below or if the rain's coming in slanted, uh, you protect it. And just yeah. keep in mind, you know, how the distance, you know, between myself and uh, the subject. And, yeah. Recent, recently, I saw someone walk around with one of those clear umbrella that are really like a bell shape. And I was thinking, wow, I should get one of those because then you could do some really creative stuff by, you know, shooting through the plastic umbrella and possibly um, focusing on the rain on the clear umbrella and do some really creative shots of people walking through, but they're out of focus, but then you have the focus on the rain. Like I do when I'm in a car, where I'll focus on the, you know, I can focus on the rain, on the raindrops on the window, and then people, and, and then it's all foggy because you're in a car. And then uh, and then people walking behind are, it's really surreal then. So I was thinking getting one of those plastic bell-shaped umbrellas, you know, that really cover you well, they go down. And uh, and using that kind of as of a creative filter. Yeah, that's another good point. Anytime there are particles in the air, whether it's smoke or fog or mm -hmm. rain or blowing dust, uh, there's an opportunity for some impressionistic, you know, photographs. Yeah. So that might be my next purchase for the rain. <laughs> I was just in uh, Paris teaching for a week. Just got back yesterday. We're recording this on uh, June 2nd. Just got back um, yesterday afternoon and we had uh, a week of absolutely perfect weather. No rain, unfortunately. I was really hoping for at least a half a day of rain uh, because on any workshop, even if they're, um, you know, Well, I don't want a whole week of rain because that's hard on the morale, especially when yeah. you're teaching a workshop with a small group of people. But um, 
but uh, the the possibilities are are so amazing and when when photographers are a little worried about it you know they get up in the morning and you're ready to head out and it's raining or it just you know and I said oh no no this is great and then I I open their eyes to the new opportunities and that's usually one of their favorite photo walk um because because of those those uh those opportunities that you don't have on on regular dry day but I guess in Spain you don't get a lot of rain this time of year anymore huh oh man we're not gonna see rain for months <laughs> <laughs> it won't rain again before I leave here uh, that's right it'll just baking hot. Yeah, yeah. So, well, Bill, I hope this answers your question. Um, no bad weather day in, in photography. There. No bad light, no bad weather. Just make it work for you in your favor. And that's when you can make your best work. So get out there and um, stay dry, but get the best out of it. And then uh, this leads us to question number three, which I will read. And it came from Ian Livesey. On Twitter, um, as mainly black and white, would you consider the Leica M Mono model or think the promised better image is not worth losing color for? Okay, so I think Ian is referring to the new uh, Leica M that only shoots black and white. So you don't have the option of uh, setting your camera in raw and then deciding later on if this is going to be black and white or color. And it just came out with a pretty hefty price of, I just saw it in Europe for like 6,500 euros. So Roughly, you know, the same price in uh, in U.S. dollars now. Um, Levi, your thoughts on this? Oof. Um, I think he might have been referring to as mainly a black and white photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so if you're mainly a black and white photographer, would you consider the the Leica M Mono? Um, black and white or color? If I'm a wealthy photographer, I think I would <laughs> consider the the Leica M Mono. Um, but as someone I don't know who's seen it. Uh, I have a, a friend here in, in Madrid who's got one and shoots with it daily and is constantly uploading his photographs to Flickr. I'm seeing his products all the time. Um, I don't know. So if, <laughs> I, if, I, if, I, if I money was I not an in, object? If money was no object at all, um, I'd have to be convinced Still, I mean, I've I've seen. I mean, like he shoots with a, a 0.95 Noctilux, and while it's a just a gorgeous lens, super fast, uh, bright, um, uh, it has competitors, you know, and they're a fraction of the price. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, some of the better photos I've seen out of the monochrome um, have the the same kind of tones that you'd find in uh, you know, film. Okay. And that's that alone is impressive, but I don't know. I, I don't think I would jump in right away. I think maybe I would rent one for a little while first and yeah. see see what I thought, and maybe so, go with it. Maybe not. So how about um, paying more for less options? Because really, you you're you're not you don't even have the option of color now. Do you think that's uh, that's the type of limitation you would enjoy? I don't think so. No. Um, I, I really don't think so. Um, yeah, I'm not I, convinced I of the point of that. I mean, it's like you can you can shoot all black and white with any camera anyways. So removing that option, is it a selling feature? I'm not sure. 
I don't know. I think I get it. I think I understand that, you know, for example, you go out one day, it's kind of uh, overcast. You decide, oh, well, I'm shooting black and white today. You pick up the monochrome. You yeah. have, so you don't even, you're not thinking much of, uh, of the primary colors. You're not thinking, you know, will these go together? Will, yeah. you know, is this going to make or break the shot? You're thinking of forms and shapes and shadows and, and texture and depth. Um, that makes sense to me. You know, I yeah. get it. Um, that's but, if you have options and you have another Leica next to it, <laughs> you can go well, out and shoot color. Yeah, I mean, if money's no option, I mean, right. if money's no object, I mean, why not? Yeah. But that's another thing. That's an expensive necklace to have around your neck. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if I feel comfortable um, putting it on a table, for example. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, was, I just met uh, a photographer in Paris who has, uh, it's not this one, his is the previous one that you can still choose color or black and white. And um, I mean, he loves it. He really swears by the black and white quality of that camera. And um, nice little camera, no doubt. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't think it would change my, it would be a life changing thing. Um, I'm very happy with what I have. And I'd rather spend the extra money if I have it on vacation, you know, trips here and there, uh, for sure. But yeah, you say, I mean, there are people for whom, you know, spending 7,500 bucks is not more than others spending $75. So, um, and then why not? I mean, some, you know, people, people, I'd rather spend that kind of money on that than a car or a motorcycle. There's no doubt there. <laughs> <laughs> for me. Yeah, right. But uh yeah, I just don't the, the thing about just just a mono only, monochrome only, it, I don't know. I'm I'm not quite sold on that. But if you if that's all you shoot, why not? I still find that there although I shoot mostly black and white, when I was in Rome, for example, I shot more color than black and white because I really thought the city called the, the, the subjects and the background called for, for more color shots than black and white. So I, and I don't really want to carry two cameras. So for me, it would almost be a crutch for some, in, in some situations where I, I need color. So. That makes sense. Yeah. But hey, it's a, it's a great camera. There is no doubt. I mean, the there, it's it's proven to be one of the the best the best brand out there, and uh, and the price the prices is, is high. But um, it is it is it worth the price difference? Probably not. I don't think it's that much better than than my little Fuji, for example. I mean, it may be better, but not that much better you know what i mean yes i absolutely do so uh but you know to each his own and um i'd love to try it someday um i think it would be really fun to, to spend a day with that camera so if uh the leica people are listening out there send me one for a weekend i'll take it <laughs> great well uh ian i hope this answered your question so now we are at the next segment for this uh for this episode i'm a little out of it i'm still kind of jet lagged <laughs> like recording right <laughs> after getting off the plane is a little little strange so i uh, trying to to follow the the schedule and yes so the winners from the last uh, street challenge which was all about color 
and street photography. There were a lot of entries, a lot of good ones again. Um, I think there were close to 45 entries or something. So uh, a lot to choose from. Uh, Levi, which was your favorite image? Well, um, I really enjoyed Michael Barclay's uh, photograph of a uh, gentleman uh, sitting in what appears to be uh, the plate glass um, street window of a, of a restaurant there. He's got this, he's sitting in this booth, it looks like, and it's a very rich red, the the color of the f maybe fake leather. <laughs> and yes. uh, it, it really contrasts. There's there's three, for me, there's three major colors here in, in, the, in this photograph. Um, the color of his shirt is is a, kind of a light powder blue. Um, you've got the red and the yellows in his, uh, his skin tones. And uh, if, if the, the challenge is color, um, catching those three in one frame and making it interesting with the, you know, there's reflection there, some depth, um, is not easy to do. And I, I really like this image for that reason. Yeah. It, it gave me, it had a little saw lighter feel to it, didn't you think? I felt that way too. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that when I saw it. Um, again, nothing, no, no bright color, but very subtle tones that really worked well together. Uh, definitely a stronger color image than it would have been in black and white. I, I agree. Yeah, it'd be a little bit confusing with um, the reflection yeah. where it uh, yeah. desaturated. So, so a great, great job, Michael. And uh, my winning shot, and I had like three that I debated on, and uh, I decided to go with one from Biliana. And it's um, a woman walking into a frame from the right on a really bright red and blue wall split in half. The frame is split in half. The wall is uh, it's red and blue blue on one side the other side she's walking into the blue part and she is holding the hand i think it's a child but you only see the hand and the child is off the frame which in itself is unusual and that's something you always look for in street photography is really the unexpected and the way she's framed entering from from the from the right into this there is a, a lot of a lot of tension in that image and that this red wall which draws your eye right away and you go from from the wall to the subject back to the wall to the subject the blue doesn't really come into play so much because the the, the subject is stronger than the blue color but then the red is so strong so it's very conflicting which made it very interesting did you did you see that image as well i'm looking at it right now and i did see it and it was my number two was it um, I Again, I really enjoyed these uh, primary colors. I mean, mm -hmm. there's the yellow, the yellow, the red, the blue again. Um, who's off frame? You know? um, yeah, who is, who is this person? Yeah. Um, and it, it, for me, it's a little bit highlighted. There's um, a lot of the wall missing, you know, um, revealing the girders, you know, and the bricks beneath, yeah. you know, like, so, I don't know, there's just these layers of... You know questions I'm asking about this photograph. Yeah. It's it's really nice. Yeah, it's a, it's a great when you find a wall like that, a spot like that. It's well worth you know standing in at the location for a while and waiting for the right subject. I I did that in um, in Rome recently and just just loved it. I mean, there's so many beautiful textured 
walls with amazing colors and uh, but again it's it's about finding the right subject not everyone will make a, a good subject so uh, good job to both and they will both receive an ebook from our friends at rockinook.com great and next street challenge I decided to go with reflections this time in street photography. I don't think we've had this one yet because, I mean, eventually we're going to have to repeat the challenges because we're going to run out of uh, of themes. But uh, reflections can be, well, can be in, in windows, in mirrors. You can have a perfectly split image. Um, could be all about the reflection and you don't even see the subject. Many, many ways to shoot reflections and, and you can be very creative with that. Uh, Levi, is that something you look for? It is. It is. Um, I don't know. In lately, I guess in the last year or so, I've been really interested with um, limbs mm -hmm. extending uh, through open doorways or, or, or windows like in the street um, and then trying to, to catch them reflected in the plate glass. Like, for example, if you have a, an, an arm extending, you know, holding a, a cigarette um, and you see it reflected and you try to, you know, match the height, you know, so it's yep. like there's only the, the uh, subject is only two arms facing opposite directions, something like an MC Escher kind yeah. of image. Uh, to me, that's kind of interesting. I, it's kind of strange and surreal. Um, I like that quite a bit, yeah. but uh, it doesn't happen too often. Yeah, I do too, but that's something to uh, always keep, keep, uh, you know, be aware of when you are on the street is, is those reflections. Um, I mean, it could be in puddles, anything, anything works. So go out there, shoot some reflections in the street and submit your images on uh, the show notes for this episode, number 37. And the entries will close on June 18th. So that gives you two weeks from the time this goes live. June 18th is the closing date. Great. Good luck. And um, please make sure you, it seems like there are fewer and fewer problems with um, uploading images in the, in the show notes. So um, make sure they're not too big. That's the one thing. Resize them for the web. And now is our pick of the week segment. Levi, you go first. My pick of the week is a book. Um, I recently, uh, my, my birthday was fairly recently, and I was gifted this wonderful book um, called The Open Road, um, put together by David Company. Um, I hope I pronounce his name properly. It's um, The Open Road, Photography, and the American Road Trip. And it's phenomenal. It's beautiful. Right. It, feature, it features photographers um, from Robert Frank to... Um, Inge Morath, uh, Bill Eggleston, um, Friedlander, uh, Bernard Plosu, Stephen Shore, uh, Alex Soth, um, who just did just an absolutely beautiful project fairly recently on um, the Mississippi River. Took a took a trip, hmm. and uh, some of the photographs. I read a story about it actually in the New York Times. I think Lens, and it was. You know, some of the photographs are just absolutely beautiful, but as a collection of, uh, you know, stories, this book is, is phenomenal. It's really inspired me, um, especially in terms of color. Great. Speaking of color, color seeing uh, what these big 8 by 10 plate cameras produce <laughs> versus uh, 35 and uh, medium format, it's really, really nice. Awesome. So is it, so it's a, a real book, not an ebook, and... Um is it available on Amazon? 
It certainly is. Yes. Okay, great. I'll put and the the link on the show note. How much does it does it uh, go for? Um, it says here forty seven eighty two. Okay. And there's used copies from thirty five. Great. It's awesome. About 50, 50 bucks. Thank you. Perfect, uh, perfect present that you can suggest to someone uh, if you have an upcoming uh, birthday. I sure will keep that in mind as well. And my pick is my old trusted crumpler camera camera bag. And uh, usually I bring two bags with me. I I I use my think tank. Um, oh, I can't think of the name now. The little one. Um, <laughs> Sorry, jet lag. Uh, and then I bring my crumpler for everyday use because it's small. I can fit just one small camera, but usually I have the camera with me anyway, so I can put, you know, either an umbrella or a snack or whatever. And uh, well, this time I decided, no, I'm only going to bring one camera bag. And I brought my little Crumpler 5. It's old. I've had it for years and years and years. It looks still like new. And actually, I Put it in. I, I removed all the padding from the inside and threw it in the wash machine, and it still it looks brand new. It's um, the, what I love about it is the seat belt strap, and there is nothing more comfortable than that strap. It, it doesn't require any padding, uh, and I guess that's you know seat belts are pretty comfortable usually. So uh, and I it's just wide enough that it just doesn't hurt. And I looked, actually, I made the mistake of looking for the updated, the, the new, the new crumplers. This one is several years old. And because I thought at the time they had crumpler bags that were more feminine looking, I thought, than, um, than, you know, guys probably wouldn't like the bag I have, for example. But I looked at the, the website and, oh, I should not have looked because now I want, <laughs> I want a newer one. Uh, there are some really awesome, Awesome new bags for for guys as well with you know um, different colors um, and I know two of uh, two of the girls on my uh, workshop last week actually Karen Hutton who uh, who was a special guest on it had a crumpler bag for the week a bigger one than mine because she usually carried a second camera and and body with bigger lenses than I have uh, she definitely carries more gear than I do and uh, she every day I, she said wow this bag is just so comfortable um, so and another another uh, person had one as well so it's an Australian Australian uh, brand and their bags are actually quite reasonable as far as camera bags go I think they start around $60 and and then go up from there but high high quality for sure so check it out i will put the link to the the one that's similar to mine because they don't make that one anymore uh on the show notes but check out the whole collection they are just really amazing and different and really cool colors so uh so you don't you're not stuck with a, a boring black camera bag Great. Well, thanks for the pick, uh, Levi. And uh, now I'd like to make a couple of announcements. Uh, my 2015 workshops are all full through October, but I just started opening the 2016 photo adventures with Paris uh, again in January for a weekend of street photography. It was very popular last year. Paris in January is so authentic and it's a wonderful time to be out there. And also I added uh, Rome for a week in April. It was such a successful workshop this year I decided to do it again next year uh, in April as well because the weather is perfect it's not too hot yet and um, and tourist season is just starting it's not too bad and Rome is just so awesome you can really 
stay away from the tourist spots and uh, and find some really um, quiet quiet streets to shoot with with more local so I'm definitely going there again next year and then I will be adding uh, some US workshops as well as some week-long workshops in Paris uh, they will be announced this month and also I hope you enjoyed the new street tips segment which I kicked off with my own top tips a couple weeks ago and I have a special treat for you next week so stay tuned Levi, uh, any announcement besides your big move back to the U.S. in July? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you have me desiring these bags now. Um, <laughs> oh, no. I have some gear acquisition syndrome happening. Yep. Um, nothing too big. Um, we're celebrating here in Madrid. I have a photography group. We're celebrating our one-year anniversary. We've got more than uh, 500 members now, and uh, it's it's great. Um, so that's one year successful and I have left it in the hands of competent people so if you're ever in Madrid uh, you know feel free to look it up and for you photographers who are in Chicago um, I'll buy you a soft drink or something <laughs> if uh, you want to take a walk with me I'd, I'd love to get to know the city with somebody yeah that's awesome too bad you you're uh, arriving just a few days after my next Chicago oh, trip I'll be I there yep the end you're of the month me. Yeah, for the Out of Chicago conference. Um, check that out, outofchicago.com, I think. Uh, there may still be a few spots left for the for the conference. I'll be giving two presentations, um, a photo walk. Sounds like it's going to be maybe another photo walk added soon. So stay tuned for that because I think most are, are, are full now. But um, um, check out the website, outofchicago.com. Uh, dot com and that event is happening the last weekend of june so if you're in the area or if you want to travel to chicago uh it'll be a good time to do it um so well levi good luck with uh, with the move and i'll definitely catch up with you soon because i'm thinking of adding madrid to the 2017 workshops so Oh, wonderful! Yeah, so I'll definitely be in touch with that. Maybe uh, maybe you'll need a a little trip back there. <laughs> to be <laughs> my be guide <laughs> i will show you around <laughs> that'd be awesome and thank you for for joining me today so where can people go to see more of your work oh um i i put a lot of work on uh flickr um levi shand is my my name s-h-a-n-d and i my website is levishand.com awesome um, those, those two places Great. Well, thank you so much. And we are at the end of another episode of Street Focus. Please head over to thisweekinphoto.com slash street to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. And then don't forget to upload your image for the next street challenge. It's about reflections and the entries will close on June 18th. And then please keep sending me guest suggestions. I know some of you have, and I'm contacting those people. I'm going through them. And I'm always looking for passionate street photographers, well-known or unknown, working on cool projects. My name is Valérie Jardin, and you've been listening to Street Focus. Now it's time to grab your camera and hit the streets. Hit the streets.